Hello and welcome to Brewers Talk, the latest Burton Albion podcast from the Burton Mail. Uh, myself, Josh Murray, joined as ever by Rich Cusack in the, uh, the studio this afternoon as we look ahead to uh, to the return to the city ground. Of course, it was uh, Burton Albion's first uh, first venue to host them in the championship back in uh, in August 2016. Feels uh, feels a long time ago. Um, fair bit has happened. Uh, fair bit has happened since then for the Brewers um, and the championship in uh, in general. Um, Rich, well, good we'll, afternoon, Josh. Um, looking forward to that one. Yeah, I am. I, I, if it's anything, if the last game at the City Ground is anything to go by, um, it will certainly be a bit of a spectacle. But I don't think we'll be expecting a similar result based on Burton's away form over the last few games this season. I, I would. Uh, I mean, you'd, you'd pay good money to see a game as entertaining as that one. Uh, I remember when we sort of you came out of that. Obviously, we had no idea what to expect of Burton Albion in the Championship. It was it was uncharted territory for basically everyone involved with the Brewers, including. Uh, including us who were covering it, and we just sort of came out of the city ground afterwards and said, if it's going to be 46 games of that, I'm not sure we're going to be able to cope. I think there's two or three minutes of highlights on the internet, and every single sort of <clears throat> clip is a goal. It was, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it felt a little bit like that. I mean, I've, I can't remember who it was. I saw a comment on Twitter or, or Facebook, a Burton Albion fan saying the other day that despite the result at the city ground last season, the, the moment when Lloyd Dyer slotted home that counter attack to put Burton 2-1 up at the city ground, you know, in, in the first half, was still one of their favourite moments of the season. And, and I, I can't remember who it was, so apologies if you're listening to this. But whoever made that comment, bang on. It was it was almost surreal. Lloyd Dyer sprinted down the other end to celebrate with the Brewers fans. It was, it was I think that was the moment where you thought, Wow, you know we're here. They're not, they not, announced themselves yeah. onto the, onto the championship stage. You know, I mean, what you'd what you'd give for another, another game like that? But as we as we've said, um, going back onto the Bristol draw on Friday night, I think we'll see might see another pragmatic defensive display um, yeah. on Saturday, as opposed to a counter attacking four three um, sort of. You know what a match that was. Well, that's it. I, I was going to say. Well, if if we check back into the podcast this time next week, and we've seen another four three, another seven goal three at the city ground, then uh, I don't know. We should have like a forfeit or something. We have to do just because we're so un- that's so unlikely to happen. But you never know. Stranger things have happened. Um, we'll we'll move on to, to to looking ahead to that game in a bit. But Rich, as you say, I mean, the, the, I suppose the template for the Brewers on the road has been set over the last month or so. Um, it was there in force again on Friday night at Ashton Gate. Uh, a brilliant 0-0 draw really against Bristol City who were flying. Uh, they could have moved second in the table ahead of the, the other games at the weekend if they'd won. You know, they just uh, Aidan Flint was just named player of the month. Lee Johnson was named manager of the month. I think Nigel Clough said afterwards, everything was set up yeah, that people expected definitely. it a little bit to be lambs to the slaughter. As it was, uh, you know, a couple of good saves from Stephen Bywater aside from Bobby Reid and obviously the disallowed goal from Reid. The Brewers defended superbly, didn't let Bristol really have a sniff and it was a frustrating evening for the hosts and, and a really successful one, a third successive goal draw for the Brewers on the road. It was one of those games where sort of the first 15, 20 minutes, you know, we've seen Bert, we've seen Burton hold out well, hold out a strong sort of um, display by the home side in the first quarter of an hour. Bobby Reid went very close yeah. um, in the first five or ten minutes. I think it was, I think he was slipped through him and um, sort of... Bywater saved very well, and I think Jake Buxton came and um, yeah, sort of yeah. sort of um, tackled for Mara Juju, who who was he would have probably scored yeah, yeah, um, that, if it wasn't for Buxton's sort of intervention. That went a bit unnoticed, I think, but like you said, that was crucial. That I, block. I think we were all just sort of like just settling into the game, and all of a sudden Burton could have really been. But yeah, I mean that was that's for Jake Buxton. I think Burton fans know that he, he's, he's come under a bit of stick the last few games, rightly so. But the defence has as a whole um, over those back to back home uh, defeats before the international break, but. You know him, Ben Turner, Carmen Fasjian, 
to a man, they were all excellent. McFadden obviously named in, uh, I think it was the Football League Papers Championship Team of the Day. Yeah. Um, even though they played on a Friday night. But, you know, that was that was wholly deserved. Reed again, slipped through. McFadden could have fa- could have given away a penalty, if you look back on the highlights. Lee Johnson said in the in the post-match press conference on Friday night that, that if he goes down, Bobby Reed there, forced by water into another save, he probably wins a penalty. And to be fair... There's not a great deal of contact. He didn't go down as it was. He stayed on his feet and tried to ha- and had a shot. But you know, I mean, should that? Close- yeah, I mean, should that not? I mean, this is purely a, a football thing again. I mean, you, you say that there, you say sort of, you know, he, there was maybe there was contact, but he was able to stand his feet. I mean, that that in a way should, should that not be the end of the debate? You know, he stayed. Yeah, he, he was able yeah, to stand yeah, his feet. Exactly, therefore, exactly. Therefore, and he obviously you know, he was able to. You know, not you don't get many chances sometimes as a player, and he's probably full of confidence. He thinks he's going to put it away. Yeah. As it was, Bywater, Stephen Bywater had yeah. another very good game. Yeah. You know, did very well on on Friday night and. Fair play to Burton. They they can they they defended very well and like we said like we've said many times before they could have even won it in the end. Yeah, well, that, I think that's the thing. You know, you can make stats read any way you want. You know, three goalless draws on the bounce away from home. That certainly for a, for a side like Burton in the Championship coming up against Norwich, QPR, and, and Bristol, those three teams they played away from home. That's a really good statistic. You could also say that's three goals without a game. I mean, overall now it's six of the last seven they failed to score in. Um, so that is clearly a problem, but it, but yeah, I mean you're right to say you know their game plan it, it reeked of the one nil win at Huddersfield you know back in the last season yeah. you know one of the most famous wins of the season it was where for 60 minutes they just they were happy to soak up the pressure they you know they sat deep they kept men behind the ball without you know basically saying you're going to have to find a killer pass or a killer shot to break us down and, and Huddersfield and, and Bristol were the same on Friday couldn't do that and then just in the last 20-25 minutes Ashton Gate you could sense the crowd getting really frustrated with everything with you know Burton stifling them with a couple of refereeing decisions with a goal disallowed all of those things they were getting frustrated so Bristol's players respond they become more expansive they open up they commit men forward and suddenly the chances are there um, Nigel Clough, you know, hats off to him for bringing Lloyd Dyer, Marvin Sordell, and Matty Lund off the bench. That's three attacking substitutes there. That's not, you know, that's not settling for a draw. No, that's and, going for yeah, it. That's, they, that really is going for it. And that I think is is what should be most promising about the result for the Burton fans. Not just the fact that it's a good point, but actually saying, look, the intent is there. And if Aidan Flint doesn't get back to head clear Marvin Sordell's goal band shot, it's probably a one 0 win for Burton. It would have been a smash and grab, but that's exactly what they need. And I think you know, move, moving forward, that is going to be the template this season. It was at the back end of last season and I, I can see it being a template for most of the season on the road because teams are going to get frustrated. Every team thinks, you know, uh, the way I see it is no team thinks they have a desi- divine right to beat Burton. And Lee but, Johnson said exactly yeah, that yeah. in his post-match press conference as well. But, uh, but right, I think every team is going to still be thinking, realistically, Burton at home, we want three points from that. So if with 25 minutes to go it's still nil-nil or the game's still in the balance... They're going to chase it, and then it's going to open up for Burton, and, and they'll happily take that. And I almost think you can isolate the Bristol game. You know, Norwich and QPR. You know, QPR are struggling. They're reckoning Holloway's jobs. There's a bit of speculation around him. Norwich, they're starting to click under Daniel Farker. But Bristol, you know, like you say, manager of a month, yeah, yeah. player of a month. They could have gone second on Friday, and had, had, yeah, they, yeah. had they beat Burton. So I almost think you can isolate that, and t- in that, that draw, despite the fact they haven't scored an X amount of games, that draw is a very good draw. And, and like you say, the Bristol had chances, and yet the key was Burton liked to frustrate teams, and like you say, they don't just like to frustrate the teams, they frustrate the crowd. You saw the same thing at QPR as well. The players start to buckle under the pressure a little bit, a few misplaced passes. All of a sudden, Burton get the ball, Marvin Sordell comes on, we know he's a quality player. He comes on, he goes close. And like you say, positive substitutions as well. Nigel Clough did not shut up shop. He went for the... Oh, he, yeah. And he said, he said this many times. 
the next thing for Burton now is to score that goal, yeah. and they are getting closer to scoring it. Yeah, and that, and again, this is where sort of stats come into it because you know you would you'd look and you'd say, okay, they've scored two goals in their last seven games. They've only scored in one of that last seven, as just mentioned. That that does need to be addressed, and and I think Nigel Clough recognises that. But he said after those back to back four nils, didn't he? he? Said, look, first things first, we've got to address what's happening at one end of the we pitch. Need we need to keep the ball to, out of our Yeah, we need to stay tight. They did that against Bristol. That will be the primary focus again against Forest at the weekend. But yeah, you're right. There does seem to be a sense that as that happens more, they'll become more confident, there'll be more yeah. chances, and they won't be stretched as much, and therefore we'll probably play better up front. I mean, it's interesting, you talk about frustrated. Yeah, we've all seen those quotes from, from Bristol captain Bailey Wright after the game, talking about how basically saying, you know, fair play to Burton, but we never want to play. We, we never want to set up as a team as they did. Um, which, you know, Nigel Clough and Carmen Fazan asked about that in today's press conference and both said, OK, but it's OK saying that in their situation when, they've, you know, they're a time, team flying, they've, they've spent a bit of money that they're, they're looking at promotion. You think, you know, yeah. they're probably outside bets, but, but they're certainly a team who, who look like they could. Burton are in a completely different, you know, have a completely different approach and they have to. So I think Nigel Clough said it's not our job to entertain, you know, it's our job to, to get results. Kyle said, Carmen Fazan said the same thing today as well. He said, look, you know, we need to get a result and we're going to do it however which way we can it's not our job to provide entertainment how many times have we said it before where Burton were winning four, Burton are getting pats on the back for winning four, losing 4-3 four to the city ground oh what a great game it was fantastic excellent all the rest of it yeah. have they got any points from it no yeah. game, sort of games like that where it it doesn't matter Burton can play amazing football and still lose that, that doesn't help at all they need to get results and this is a way they're going to get results putting you on the spot then this weekend at the City Ground, is that where the first away win of the season comes? Certainly, they'll 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 be confident of getting something with the with the the way their away form is at the moment. You could you could sense it among the players that the the, the confidence is back. Is this the the game for them to potentially go and get all three points? Well, it's a funny one, isn't it? You know, we sort of said something similar this morning to to Nigel Clough. You know, Forest are coming off the back of a loss to Derby County, their arch rivals, two 0 that goal after 24 seconds sort of skewed the result a little bit, maybe. Yeah. Forrest were able. Forrest played some very good football on Sunday. You know, yeah, we, yeah. We, we were both there, we both saw the match. Forrest played some very good football, but they're going to the city ground off the back of a loss to, loss to Derby. We know what it's like when teams go to. Teams play other teams when they've just lost to their arch rivals. That can put any manager under pressure, no matter what their previous form has been. As it is, Forrest only won one game in six. Sheffield United was the last winner, 2 1 win. You know, they're one of only three sides not to have drawn yet, along with, along with yeah. Sheffield United and Ipswich. So it's either a win or it seems to be either a win or a loss with Forest. Personally, I think Burton have got a very good chance of nicking something again on Saturday if they can frustrate them and force and do exact pull exactly the same same sort of tactics we did against Bristol. I think Forest don't have the quality Bristol do in mm. being able to unlock Burton. So I, I honestly think that Burton can get something on Saturday. Yeah, I, I, I'm the same. I I just got a sneaky suspicion that this weekend might be, might be the one. Um, probably come back to to Haunters, I'm sure in next week's podcast. But I have just got a feeling. I mean, it'd be really interesting to see the first 15, 20 minutes of this game. I mean, we, we talked obviously about Burton and how they sort of are, are desperate to to sort of shore it up at the back and now away from home that's what they've done because then in those two home games and similarly sort of against Leeds and, and, and other ones as well they were caught early on and, and that you know I mean they were 2-0 down inside 11 minutes against Wolves you playing catch up and that's what they're desperate not to do Forest similarly have been conceding early goal after early goal you mentioned Vidras that were 24 seconds yeah. they conceded after two minutes 
against Sheffield United. Okay, they came out to win that. I think they've conceded inside the fifteen minutes, uh, first fifteen minutes in each of their last five games. So that gives you a sign. You almost feel that both. I mean, Forest, you're right, are going to want to come out quickly because of the Derby defeat this weekend. But equally, neither side. I mean, they're not going to want to concede early because no. they've done it so often. So. Might get an yeah, edgy game almost. almost like you know. The first 20 minutes might be both teams almost feeling each other out and saying, you know, let's not make any mistakes, let's not commit too many men forward, let's not do anything silly to suddenly find we've got an uphill battle, let's just feel our way into the game. And that might just suit Burton because suddenly there might be half an hour on the clock gone and it's nil-nil. And as we know, that's when the Brewers, certainly away from home, try and come into their own. Yeah. So that might, that might well suit them. I um, almost think it's the next step for Burton now. So yeah. they've drawn three games, nil-nil on the road. They will want to. They will want to get that monkey off the back of not having scored since I think it was August. Jackson Irvine's goal against Hull, wasn't it? Yeah, they've got one and away. Yeah, they've got one away goal all season. Exactly, league. scored by a player who's not even at the club anymore. Mm. You know, so the, the next step for them is to go and get get that goal. And I think against against Forest, who on Sunday they, they, they were played well going forward, but the, the defense didn't look didn't look amazing when 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 we were being attacked by Derby. We mm. seemed to back off a little bit when Vidra opened his body to shoot. Vidra robbed him in field for the for the second goal and played David Nugent in. I think Burton can take sort of look at that performance and go, well, if we can get at them early doors, mm. and if we can impose ourselves on them, you know, the City ground will already be already be frustrated because of what they witnessed on Sunday. You never know; all the stars might sort of seem to align for Burton on Saturday. Yeah, maybe yeah. this is it. I mean it. It's going to be an interesting. Obviously, saw Ben Osborne that the Forest players saying as well that they're quite keen to well to put things right. They've still got the one 0 defeat at the at the Pirelli Stadium back in March. That's still fresh in their mind. They want to put that right. They're also you know he said he also is a, is a little bit of a local derby, of course. Um, you know these these two grounds not far away from each other, so there, there'll be plenty of Burton fans down. There'll be a bit of needle for that as well. Um, so I think it's I think it's set up nicely. I mean, actually, this as well. Do you think? We know, obviously, last season, um, I mean, it took Burton until December the 29th, I think it was, Rotherham to get the first away win of the season. Their, their survival was very much built on home form, certainly, obviously, what they did at the start of the season and the end of the season. You get the impression it's very early doors again, but teams might come a little bit wiser to the Pirelli this season and, and Burton might have to work a bit harder for some of those wins. Does that put a little bit more pressure on you know some of these games where they're, they're looking good on the road, but you say, right, you can't every week just say, oh, we'll take a point on the road. Occasionally you need to say, well, you know what, if there's a chance to win it, we've got to win it because those points will add up. I think conversely, I think the pressure's off. It sounded like yeah. when Carmet Fazlin was speaking this morning, they actually, Burton actually enjoyed playing away from home yeah. because they're not expected to be as expansive as attacking. They haven't got the weight of expectation, you know, I mean, last season, some of those big wins at Raprelli, Wolves, I think it beat Wolves, Norwich, Forest, Derby, Chef Wednesday, Leeds, some very big wins against some big teams there, which meant that they could ease, not ease off, but not as much as expected from them away from home. Whereas now, I think, because so much is expected from them at Raprelli Stadium, they can go away from home, soak up the pressure, and they are, the onus isn't on them to take the game to their opponents, yeah. and they can just pick teams off. Mm. So I, th- I think I-, I think that this year, they've... They, it's almost like a role reversal, um, if you know yeah. what I mean. So I think that might play into Burton's hands a little bit more this season. See if it happens this weekend. Like you say, just it just seems to be a bit of a bit of a sense. But I'm sure Forrest will, will probably be feeling the same that the you know the time is there. I mean, they've they've been decent at home this season. I think that's where they picked up most of the yeah. points. They got off to a, got off to a flying start in the league, and um, it has slowed down a bit of late. But um, it be interested as well, obviously, sort of a first return to the or a first competitive return to the city ground for, for Nigel Clough since since January and obviously when Forrest came in for him, made that approach and, and he sort of agonised over the decision, said what a tough one it would be and um, I remember that sort of interview we gave after the QPR game when, when 
you know, it was still all up in the air and you could tell from the way he was talking, just the way he was sort of stood there answering these questions. He did not know the decision he was going to make. Obviously committed his future to the Brewers, said it was the right thing to do. He wants to get the job done. Obviously, Warburton's in there at Forest now. Both sort of both teams looking to looking to push up the table now. But that'll be interesting as well. And, and you would imagine still that uh, it will be a very warm reception for for Clough, given obviously sort of his history with with Forest as a player and, and and what his dad did there as well. So it will be, you would you would imagine still a warm welcome back. And I think for Burton fans as well, well uh, it depends. It depends. Come come half well, past four, come, no, come half past yeah, four quarter to five on Saturday minutes, afternoon. Yeah. You know, you could it could be handed out of handed out of a grammar from three points. Yeah, well that's the thing, isn't it? I think Burton fans as well will be looking forward to going back. Sort of. Refer start the podcast back to to the game back in August and uh, August last season that where it all kicked off and I think it would almost feel like a bit of a romantic return to those Burton fans who were there now went to that game not having a clue what to expect from the championship now you know they're in it big time and and they'll probably be looking forward to, to seeing how they get on um, in terms of the game then Rich how the Brewers line up looking at injury news John Brayford uh, looks as if he should be back I mean Nigel Clough said he's back in training they're hoping to have him back. Um, for the weekend, so he may well be back in contention. A couple of forwards who are doubtful. Joe Mason tweeted tweet his back uh, on Tuesday, so again, it's a case of, of wait and see with him. And Sean Scanlon as well, who was out the squad uh, on Friday against Bristol, he's got conjunctivitis. That's another thing that yeah, they're not, hoping will... Not we'll, nice. Oh, let's hope it makes a speedy yeah, recovery from we'll, that. we'll go away in time for, for Saturday. So, I mean, how... I'm not going to ask you to sort of name 1 to 11, but in terms of potentially up front then, I mean, obviously on, on Friday it was Joe Mason and Luke Varney. Clough said he picked that too because they were the ones who could run and run and run in you know in defence. It was They were the first line of defence. They hounded the Bristol defenders. They rushed them as much as they could. You know, if assuming Mason is, is back from that back injury, does he go with the same two again because they had that effect and then hope the likes of Sordell or Scannell can cause an impact off the bench? Or does he potentially go with... A slightly pacier front line, or, or a slightly more dynamic one. Right, see, the thing is, I think all of a sudden you might have a little bit of a, a bit of a decision to make up front. Now, do you does does John if John Brayford does come back, that's good news. Again, it means that Nigel Clough has got the option of pushing Lucas Aikens further forward. If Brayford's not fit, all of a sudden, does Luke Varney play? Does Luke Varney play two 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 games on the on the bounce? Mm. You know, is he is he ready for that sort of thing mm. after he's not been involved much this season? Joe Mason again is he is he fit and ready to start? We discussed the opportunity, the possibility of Lloyd Dyer going up there. Yeah, well that's it, isn't it? You know, it, Dyer was a mainstay at this point last season. He was one of their most dangerous players, and he's shown it when he obviously got the winner against Birmingham. You know, back in August, so he showed he still got it this season. Hasn't got as much of a look in because he was playing at left wing back, where obviously Stephen Warnock is is a mainstay at the moment because certainly away from home. We like to go to shore set it up a little bit more, a little bit more defensively. Yeah. And yeah, so I mean, it just it just it remains to be seen how how he decides to play. Does he drop Lucas Aikens back into centre midfield again, where he played so well against QPR? Mm. You know, there's always always against Norwich, I think it was as well. He had two very good games at centre midfield. So it remains to be seen what what Nigel Clough decides to sort of how he decides to play it. Because let's not forget, if you do go with Sordan and Dyer up front, you lose your pace off the bench, which works so well against yeah. Bristol, where the, the Burton managed to grind Bristol down until about the 70th, 75th minute, then all of a sudden, bang, two pacey forwards come on, all of a sudden the, the defenders at sixes and sevens. Yeah. So you lose that that edge. If you're asking Sordan and Dyer to run at Forest for 60, 70 minutes, you talk about nicking a goal late, where, where yeah. does it come from? Then, and those, right? Yeah, and like you say, you know, you, you end up wasting that pace and energy on chasing defenders exactly, down rather exactly. than when the defence is a bit more stretched and open. But I suppose on the flip side, if you're already 2-0 down by that point and those players are on the bench looking to open a defence up, it won't It's matter. not going to happen, no. So, 
that's why. That's why. We're that's sat why here, yeah, exactly. That's why the Magic Club's in the hot seat and not make those decisions. Thank goodness for that. Um, that's about it uh, for this week's version of uh, Brewers Talk. As we, uh, as we've said a few times, we're looking to sort of get fans involved. So we'll be, of course, sharing this podcast across social media. If you want to, to get involved with questions or comments, or if you want to uh, to get involved yourself and actually come on the podcast, please do get in touch. Um, as we say, uh, we'd love to sort of hear your thoughts. This is a podcast for the Burton Albion fans, after all. Um, if you do want to get in touch, obviously, at Burton Albion BM, at Joshua Murray BM, and at Richard Cusack BM on Twitter, or drop an email to uh, joshua.murray at burtonmail.co.uk or richard.cusack at burtonmail.co.uk. That's it for us. Uh, as ever, we'll be covering every angle of the Brewers in the next game, so we'll see you at the City Grant on Saturday. <laughs>